portion of Scripture that helped me a great deal when I was called into the ministry because I never thought that I was able to preach. Never thought I could stand before people and preach or teach, do anything for people because when I was a little boy, especially I was in a bird. I think that's what you call them. <laughs> they stand behind a tree while all the rest of the kids are playing anyhow. I was one of those kind of guys. I was scared of people. And then God called me to preach. And, and uh, I'll never forget the first sermon I ever preached in my life. Scared to death. And yet, God seemed fit that one person got saved the night I got, uh, or two people got saved the night I preached my first sermon. And uh, it set my soul on fire. But tonight, if you would please, Judges chapter 7. I'm going to back up down just a minute to Judges 6 verse 11. So if you'll find those verses. But Judges chapter 7, I'd like to begin to read. I'm just read a little while, beginning in verse 16. Judges chapter 7 verse 16. Find it there with me because I'd like for you to see some things. Underline them in your Bible if you would please. Verse 16, And he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow the trumpet, I and all that are with me then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came unto the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch, and they had newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands, and the trumpets in their right hands to blow withal. And they cried the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the host ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets. And the Lord set every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the host. And the host fled to Bethsheba and Zareth and to the border of Abimelech and unto Tabith. And the men of Israel gathered themselves together out of Naphtali and out of Asher and out of all Manasseh and pursued after the Midianites. And Gideon sent messengers throughout all Mount Ephraim, saying, Come down against the Midianites and take before them the waters under Bethbara and Jordan. Then all the men of Ephraim gathered themselves together and took the waters under Bethbara and Jordan. And they took princes of the Midianites, Oreb and Zeb, and they slew Oreb upon the rock Oreb, and Zeb they slew at the winepress of Zeb, and pursued Midian, and brought the heads of Oreb and Zeb to Gideon on the outside of Jordan. Now back up with me just a second to chapter 6. Chapter 6, look at verse 11 with me please. And there came an angel of the Lord, and said unto Oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained to Joash the Avarite, and his son Gideon, 
thresh wheat by the wine press to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy, man man, thy mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with me, why then is this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? And now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hands of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt might the Midianites as one man. Father, we pray tonight for a blessing from on high from thy word as we study it. To everyone we hear, it hears, Lord. Bless, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, here is the life of Gideon and the weapons of our warfare, if you'll notice, first of all, are not carnal but spiritual. Every saved, born-again life of person is a miracle. I have people come up to me all the time and talk to me about miracles. Do you believe in a miracle-working God? And they want to see something change from what it really is, uh, just uh, some miracle that they can see on. But I always tell them the greatest miracle that's ever been performed is when a sinner gets saved by God's grace. And I believe that. And so I know that uh, every born-again person uh, is born in the family of God is a miracle. Every person who is called of God to do a job for Him, that job will be impossible but for the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Every born-again person has the influence of the Holy Spirit. You can do it. If the Holy Spirit influences you and watches over you, you can do anything that God has called you to do. Now, look at verse 16 with me of chapter 7. Verse 16. And he divided three companies, men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand, and empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. Now Gideon made strange preparation for this battle. Now you got to understand something. The Bible says they were, these uh, Midianites were like uh, grasshoppers for many of them, and now he's going up against uh, them, that great army with nothing but trumpets and empty pitchers and lamps. He put trumpets in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers, trumpets, lamps, and pitchers. Just think about that for a minute. Not swords, not tanks, not guns, not bombs, but just trumpets, lamps, and pitchers, which means if we have faith in God, uh, we, can, we can afford to use strange things. One of the greatest sermons I ever heard in my life was God uses strange things to get His job done. And He talked about us weak vessels, but He also used that God used a donkey one time and He used a whale one time. And, and He went on through the Bible talking about strange things that God used to get His job done. Now, notice He put a trumpet in every man's hands. Then the difference... Uh, if you go with me, I'll show you the difference that it makes so in First Samuel for just a minute. Turn over to First Samuel, uh, chapter 17, and I want you to look with me beginning in verse 40. 
And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had it, even in his scrip, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy, and a fair countenance. And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, I will give thy flesh to the fowls of the air, and to the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. I don't know how many times I've read and studied this story, but I had, I've had several people come to me over the years and say, uh, David chose five smooth stones. Uh, he must have lost his faith because he chose five. He thought one wouldn't get it. But if you'll continue to read all the way through the scriptures, you'll find that David and his sons under him killed his five. Not only did they kill the Goliath, but he also killed his four brothers. Uh, David was using faith there. Now, pictures, let's go back for just a minute, pictures with nothing in them but lamps. Now, this represents the, hearty, uh, the hearts cleansed and filled with the light of the knowledge of God's Word. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, and 7 says that the lamp of God, the knowledge of God is the light of our souls and feet. So this knowledge is to be sounded out with the trumpets of our lips. Romans 10, verse 14. Now then, shall thou call on, how then shall they call in him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 27 and 28, Notice God chose His weapons that are always foolish to the world. God uses things that are foolish to the world. And did you know the Bible says that men's souls are saved by the foolishness of preaching? And I have been in the presence of people under good, solid preaching. When I was a young boy, and I'd listen to preachers and things on the radio, and they'd call them all kind of names and everything. That's foolishness. No. The preaching of the cross is foolishness, but unto men of uh, God uses that for salvation. Amen. God uses foolish things to get His job done. Foolish things to men. Number two, Gideon set the example to follow. Look at verse 17 with me. In chapter 7, uh, go back now uh, to Judges, chapter 7, and look at verse 17. And he said unto them, Look on me, and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. Gideon said, Look on me, and do as I do. Now remember some. Jesus is our example. We are to follow him. Jesus is our captain of our salvation. You can never teach salvation then until you're saved, you're born again. I remember when I was a little boy up in Crestview, Florida, on the courthouse steps. Every Saturday there was a man that called himself a preacher, and he'd stand up there and holler and carry on on the steps of that courthouse to people that came gathered around. And he said, Now don't do as I do, but do as I say do. 
and he would have tobacco juice running down his, his chin. And I, as a little boy, I said to myself, that ain't right. Amen? Here's a man handling the Word of God and chewing the back of it, running down his chin and saying, do as, don't do as I do, but do as I say do. Now, i got news for you. The Bible says, do as I do. Uh, whatever I'm, if I'm going to lead somebody, then i got to be right myself. Amen? And I say to people all the time, you can't teach tithing unless you tithe. You can't preach faithfulness unless you're faithful. You can't and go on and on. Anything, a preacher stand up and uh, a, boy, a man came to me one day and, uh, right here in this church. He said, now I want to take over your adult Bible class. I want to teach you adult Bible class. I said, well, and I talked with him about it and I said, what are you going to teach him? Uh, have you won anybody to the Lord? Well, no, but then you can't teach on soul winning. Do you tithe? Well, no, I don't believe in that. Well, you can't preach on, you teach on tithing it. And we went down the line with him, and I said, you can't teach adults anything because you don't do anything. Amen? And I believe that with all my soul. Number three, notice Gideon, all the people had, uh, they were united in battle. There were only one sword. You know what that sword was? It was the sword of the Lord. That's God's Word. The might of God's Word is more powerful than all of Satan's weapons. The might of God's Word. God speaks and it's done. Amen? Number four, Gideon had complete victory. Verse 21, And they stood every man in his place round about the camp, and all the hosts ran and cried and fled. There are four things taught here that will give every Christian and every church of God victory. Number one, they were united. Turn over with me now to Second Chronicles for just a minute. In Second Chronicles, and I want you to look at verse 13, chapter 5, and look at verse 13 and verse 14. And it came even to pass, as one trumpeter and singers were at one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. And then the house was filled with the cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priest could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord had filled the house. There was a family visit some years ago, and they said, Prester, I'd like for you to come by and visit with me. I want to help you. And so I went down to visit with them, big family. And when I got there, they had the table all set. They had their Bibles. They had notebooks. They had everything. But they were ready for me. And they said, now, I want to help you. You've been teaching heresy in your church. And I said, hold it right there. I said, I know exactly where you're coming from. And you're not welcome in our church. And I mean that. Because you can't have people in the church that don't agree. You can't have a dozen different uh, uh, thinkings when it comes to being saved and by serving the Lord and doing what God's Word. If you do, you'll have confusion in the church and you'll have trouble in the church all the time. You know what the uh, people are? You want to have victory in the Lord? Everybody's got to think the same. You all got to be on the same page, so to speak. I, I used to play football a little bit, but I watch uh, uh, football a great deal, 
And you ever watch a, a quarterback, he'll back up the pass. Now, they're supposed to know the routes that they're going to run. And a quarter will back up and throw the ball, and a runner's supposed to be here, and all of a sudden he's over here. They're not on the same page. And it won't work. It's the same way when it comes to be united in the Lord's work. Everybody's got to be united on it. That's the reason that everybody that preaches in this pulpit, uh, the first question I ask them, do you believe if a missionary comes by, if a preacher says I'm talking to, do you believe the Bible, the King James Bible, is the Word of God? If they don't, they ain't coming. Just that simple. And so, uh, John 17, verse 21, that they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, and they also may be one in uh, us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. In other words, it's like a Catholic priest called me one day and said to the Pope that broke down the middle of all the petition, he said, now I can come preach for you and you can come preach for me. I said, no, we can't. It's for this simple reason. You think for one minute that a priest is going to be sitting up here in a Baptist church and I'm going to bring him up here and I say, preach to our people. What are you going to preach? The elements of the Lord's Supper? Take your sins away? Mary, you got to pray to before you get to God? No, that don't work. What am I going to preach when I go down there to your church? I'm going to preach probably by grace you say through faith that not of yourself the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. It don't work. Uh, you got to be united as one. Number two, they were obedient. They followed to get his example. Like one man said, and I like this, the wise man is not he that saith the will of God, but he that doeth it. Amen? That's a wise man. Not one that saith the will of God, but he that doeth the will of God. Matthew 7, 21. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Psalms 81, verse 13 and 14. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me, and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their adversaries. Do you know what the devil can't stand? He can't stand God's people united together in the Word of God and under God. Amen? That's where the devil cannot stand. If you have God's people united in one thing, and that's the Word of God, they were faithful. Number three. Look at verse 21 again with me, please. Judges 7, verse 21. And they stood every man in his place round about the camp. And all the host ran and cried and fled. They stood every man in his place. Now there is a verse in Second Chronicles 20, verse 17, every Christian ought to memorize. Listen to what it says. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand you still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. Amen. I love that verse. You shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand still, wait on the Lord, be united together. God said, I'll take care of your battles for you. Numbers four, they were victorious. They gave themselves, uh, they, God gave them the victory. 
Zechariah 4 verse 6 is one of my favorite verses in the Bible also. It says, Not by might, not by power, but by thy Spirit, saith the Lord. It's not by our might. We need the Spirit of God to work us. Luke 22 verse 35, And he said unto them, When I sent you without purse and scrip and shoes, lack of you anything? And they said, Nothing. You know what I had to learn? When I left Shell Oil and, and went into the ministry, I didn't know what in the world I was going to do. I had a family to take care of. I had to make a living. And I really was scared to death. I didn't know whether my next paycheck was coming. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I said, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And I started out serving the Lord, me and my wife and family. And did you know what? I can honestly say this. We have lacked nothing. That's the truth. We have lacked nothing. God has provided everything we've ever needed ever since the day we started out for the Lord. Now, we are to crown our Savior for the victory. I want you to watch it. This is a tremendous important verse. Chapter 8, verse 22. Then the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us, both thou and thy son, and thy sons also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of the Midianites. Did you know who we are to have to rule over us? I laugh at people always talking about their preacher, their pastor, somebody that's ruling over them. You know what I've tried my best to tell people ever since I started preaching? Don't look at me. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Amen? He's our leader. I'm not the head of this church. Jesus is. Jesus is the head of my salvation. Jesus is the one we're to look to. And by the way, if anything happens good in your life, give Him the praise for it. Amen? He's the one that gets it. He's to rule over us. Get in after all you've done. And I like it when, you know what kind of people God uses? People like Gideon. People that meet before the Lord. And by the way, meekness in the Lord does not mean weak and disabled. It means you have a meek spirit. Lord, I'm nothing but you're everything. That's what it's talking about. Now listen to this. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy mighty man, thy mighty man of valor. And you know what his answer was? Gideon's answer to the Lord was? Verse 15. And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh. Now remember, so Manasseh was the least of the tribes of Israel. And I am the least of my father's house. Not only was he the least of the tribes, but he was the least of the families of his father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. Amen. I guess one of the strangest things I ever seen and one of the most powerful things I ever seen was a blind preacher. And he stuttered. And me and my wife, we went to a church one time to hear him preach. And somebody had to read for him the scriptures. And he would stand up there at the pulpit and somebody, and I went there just to see, oh, now what can a blind preacher do? <laughs> I had a preacher tell me one time, there's no demand for sick preachers. <laughs> and he's right, you know. And I went there and I wanted to hear what this, uh, this blind man was going to do. And he almost felt sorry for him because he had to be led up to the, to the pulpit. 
and then somebody had to read for him, and they'd read the Bible, and then he'd say, hold it right there. I want to expound upon that. And away he'd go. <laughs> and man, did he preach. And the Holy Spirit used him in the, in the sermon he used to move our hearts. And what I'm saying is the weak things of this world that we look at. You know what we look at? It's sort of like when I got saved. The night that we, I got saved, there's five of my buddies got saved the same night. We all went to that tent revival. We all got saved that night. We all started church, started serving the Lord. Well, I wasn't about to say anything. I was a, a mason at that time. I had a big crew of men working for me. But one of my buddies, he's a vice president in the bank. And uh, my pastor came to me and was talking to me one day, and he called his name and said, Now, boy, the Lord's really going to use him one of these days. Did you know he never did anything in the church? He never did anything. The one you think is going to do everything, maybe not. But God can use him, but most likely he's not going to use that. That one is poor, and that one is, you think, well, he's, you know, God can't use him. That's the very one that God can use if he'll turn his heart over to the Lord. Because you see, God is my power. If I do anything, I give the glory to God then. And I believe this, God will share His glory with no man. He will not share His glory with no man. We're to glorify God in everything we say and do. Amen. God, I'm saved. Amen. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, will You bless Your people tonight? Lord, it's so good to see Your people still coming out and uh, and, and coming to hear your word and glorify thy name. Bless us as your people. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray for those that sick, those that ill. I ask you to touch their bodies, and we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much.